Hi, hi, it's Joy Foster, founder of Tech Pixies and the host of the Sparkle and Thrive podcast. And uh, we are really excited about um, this interview and a couple interviews that we're hoping to do throughout this year with some of our original alumni. So Louise Bailey was one of our very first two cohorts. Uh, I sort of consider the first two cohorts one cohort because it was the very early days of Tech Pixies when I was just figuring out what I was doing, how I was doing it. But Louise came in in our second cohort when we only had three women. Um, for those of you who are starting businesses, uh, you know, for me, when I launched Tech Pixies the first time, it was government funded. So people didn't have to pay to be in the program. And then uh, one of the caveats of getting that money was that I would be self-sustaining. Like I would my, I'd create my program funded by the government, but then I would have to sell it after that. And interestingly enough, um, I tried to sell it and I had three buyers. So Louise was one of the first people, but it was really interesting because even at that point, I didn't have a lot of confidence in my pricing. Um, and I did a deal, which is like, okay, you pay, I think it was like 600 pounds. And then I'm going to pay you like, or I can't remember, you pay 500, I'm going to pay you 600. <laughs> so I actually paid them more than they paid me to do the program. And that was because um, I did a, it was a very, very early on in early days where we did a program where they then worked for me for a couple months on a project as part of uh, a, a successful completion. So, you know, it was very early days. So much in our program has changed. We no longer offer that option. <laughs> but uh, it was my first foray into actually having to sell a product. And I, you know, and I and and I remember it was a big deal. But anyway, um, Louise, I absolutely just love and adore you. Um, there's so many wonderful things about you. One of the things being that uh, you received a scholarship and then you paid it back when you got your first job. And that was also very cool. And I have, I still have the letter that you wrote and, you know, when you sent the check to pay the whole thing, um, you know, I'd given Louise a scholarship, um, give, you know, in her situation, which we have scholarships at, at Tech Pixies, which we've now changed to a pay it forward scheme. So instead of giving someone a grant for the training, what we do is we effectively spread out the training over a longer period of time and we spread out the payment over a longer period of time. And we found that after doing lots of different things over eight years, that's the, the new plan that we think is going to work really well. And so far, so good. It is working. But Louise, I was so grateful uh, to you for that. I remember coming home and just opening up the door and there was a letter a uh, really beautiful letter. And I think I've messaged you before, but whenever I've had a tough day in business, I literally pull out that letter um, because it's like a, it's a, like a kid and a dog in a laundry basket flying down the stairs. And it yeah. always makes me smile and it reminds me of what I do. So anyway, long winded introduction to who Louise is, but she's one of our very, very first tech pixies. She went through the program guys seven years ago. And I, she has had a transformational story. She's got her dream job. But before we get into that, uh, Louise, tell us, tell us your story. Where were you at when you and I met and what were you doing and all that good stuff? Well, first of all, I can't believe it's seven years. That's crazy. I actually looked it up the other day because I knew we were going to talk. Yeah. So I was working in the finance department in a local charity and I was in a situation where I think I'd been there three years maybe I'm not quite sure um and I loved the people and I loved the organization and I really believed in what they did but finance just wasn't my vibe and my fit I guess um and I didn't really know what that was I'd sort of gone through a few jobs mostly administration um and always found that I was 
lacking the creativity and I didn't even realize that I had that pull towards creativity until I didn't have it in my life and then I was like oh my gosh I need it and I didn't think there was a job that I could do that had both creativity and sort of my analytical brain um certainly finance you can't be creative so um I um well some people are creative <laughs> yeah not for very but long, not in the way you wanted to be creative with it um so yeah I didn't really know what to do and I, I sort of yeah I guess I was just sort of fairly stagnant um and then I think you were working with the company I was working for and yeah, we built, we rebuilt their website yeah, and I, I sort of read about you and what you were doing, and I think we had a chat, and you initially invited me, I think, to sort of volunteer for a short period of time with Made With Joy, which was pre-Tech Pixies, um, which I think was mostly web-based, I'm not sure. Um, and then whilst I was doing that, you mentioned that the next cohort was starting for Tech Pixies, and why didn't I come along? <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah, I think I think we have to really talk about what it's like to be a creative in a non-creative role. You know, it's very much being, you know, a square peg in a round hole. I mean, that is so I think it's it's really interesting when you realized you were a creative person and you loved creativity and you needed that. I actually think it was doing the social media course in where you discovered that you were creative. I mean, first of all, we are all creative beings, right? I mean, we create our lives every day. Right? You know, yeah. I mean, I, I was just joking with my kids. I was like, I love my life. I was like, you know, I've already dealt with a dead mouse in the dog bowl and a bee sting on my son's hand. And, you know, um, like we create our life right now. Obviously, I can't predict what, you know, the, the, the dead mouse or the bee sting, but I can, I can create my reaction to it. You know, I can, I can create my response to it, how I'm going to deal with it, how I'm going to look at it. I'm going to look at it with a, you know, a smile or not. So we, we create every part of our day. We, we, if we wake up in the morning and we say, I'm so grateful for this, you know, beautiful baby day. It's a brand new baby day. I get to start all over again. I get to do it in a new way today, or I get to discover new things I haven't discovered, or, you know, we get to create our days. Right. And, um, but I think it was the social media course where you kind of woke up and was like, Oh my gosh, I am creative and I love this. And, you know, that was a big wake up call for you. Yeah. I think I had, I had sort of done creative things as a hobby, um, most of my life. Um, and then didn't really want to be a solely creative person like I wasn't I didn't sort of feel myself as an artist or you know and I I saw so I, I wasn't really sure how creativity would then fit into a regular job um, without it being solely creative um, and then when we did the the social media side of um, the course I realized actually that it did both so you need the analytical side you know obviously for you know the organization and the scheduling and the and sort of sticking to a plan um but then making the message creative in lots of different ways on different platforms actually really sang to me yeah i love that well and you did such a good job at it that you actually worked for tech fixies for a while um you uh, you did our social media and you you know you were an integral part of what we did at tech fixies you also worked on a contract of ours proviz which was a, a outdoor sportswear company uh, and that gave you the opportunity to earn some money doing this creative job yeah. that you didn't really know about before. So what, what were the skills you learned from working at Tech Pixies and Provis? But then more importantly, uh, I, what I want to lead to is the day that you came to me and you said, I've got my dream job, which was the first of two dream jobs. But um, 
that that was a fun story. So tell us about tell us about how working for Tech Fixes and Probe has helped you, but more importantly, let's talk about that first dream job. Yeah, so I think working in with Provism with and with Techpixies, it it sort of put the learning into practice, which I think is an, a really important part of it. And for me, I knew I wasn't going to be a self-employed person. That that just wasn't my feeling. So doing what I'd learned, but for a client, actually was was really important and really really interesting, actually, because trying to fit your vision with their vision and and all the challenges that may come with that or may not come with that you know you might come up with something that they didn't think of and um and that really helped it sort of it it trains your brain in a different way because I mean I'm not a runner or a cycler <laughs> cyclist sorry um so doing an account like Provis was a bit of a challenge for me because I was like I need to get in the mindset of someone who wants to buy these products and so it took a lot of research and, you know, immersing yourself in that world. And but you do have a dog. And one of the products they launched yeah. was a dog, um, a dog. Because, by the way, what's super interesting is we were, we, our team, which was the organic social media team, we were the conduit between the owners of the business and then the customers. And one thing that came up over and over and over again was, I want one of these jackets for my dog. And we said, to Aunt and Bob, you've got to create a, a, a dog jacket. And that's gone on to be a very successful product for them is a reflective dog jacket. So, you know, yeah. you the, like I, I agree with you, you have to get in the mindset of the client you're working with. And, you know, one of the mistakes a lot of people make early on in social media is they'll take any client, but then that means they got to learn every single thing about every industry that they say yes to. So it does help to niche down into things that you love. And there are a few things that you love. So talk to us about what you love. Yeah. So I have always loved uh, history and the past and sort of museums and heritage that's always been a passion of mine and again I sort of I don't know why I sort of closed my mind to the fact that I could ever work in that industry um, and then there was sort of a light bulb moment I think in one of the courses one of the days in the course when I sort of came to you in a break and I was like I could do this in a heritage setting like this is crazy to me and how do I do it and you know, I know that it's a challenging sort of market to get into, you know, it's, it's very, very desired. Um, and so I sort of went off and I did a bit of research and I sent out a few emails just as on spec of, do you need a volunteer to help out? Um, and one of the emails I sent out was just to the National Trust sort of head office, I think. Didn't hear anything back, wasn't 100% surprised. And then for some random reason, I was checking through my spam emails <laughs> a couple of weeks later and I had an email from um, somebody at Wadston Manor um, which is a national trust property in sort of Buckinghamshire and um, basically saying hi we'd love for you to come in and chat to us and so I did and I met with the two two lovely women from the marketing department um, we had a cup of tea and I just sort of explained my background in tech pixies and they basically said when can you start um, and yeah and so I started I think it was 18 months overall roughly um, roughly once a week um, in the marketing department with them and they were so generous because very early on they sort of gave me you know hands-on tasks you know it really was like here's the Twitter account this is the campaign we've we've got please can you write some tweets and um, and they were really good at sort of and you even managed their website me. at one point I think yeah so then when I after I'd been there for 18 months then a role came up um, within that department as a part-time web editor and I 
I went for it. I mean, it, it wasn't 100% where I wanted to be. I knew that web editing wasn't necessarily where I wanted to be ultimately, but I knew also that it was a foot in the door and it was a wonderful department. And I loved the people that I worked with. And I thought, well, you know, I'm still in that zone and I'm still learning lots. Um, so I went for it and I got the job, which was amazing. Um, so I got to work at the beautiful Waterton Manor every day, which is never a bad thing. And that was a great CV builder for now your current dream job, which is so cool. Now, the thing I love about this dream job is that this was a job that went into the Tech Pixies group and there were not just one, but there were a few Tech Pixies that went for this job and you knew them as well. So, you know, at Tech Pixies, we, we are huge fans of collaborating, not competing, but obviously when there's a job that comes up and it's a perfect job for Tech Pixie, you might have a couple Tech Pixies apply. So there, you know, that was a bit of a tricky um, thing to navigate. And of course, uh, uh, you know, that's sort of fun as well. The fact that there were multiple Tech Pixies going for a really awesome job. Tell us about the awesome job that you went for and what you do every day and why you love it so much. So the job I went for and I eventually got um, was is a digital communications officer at the Ashmolean Museum, which is in Oxford. Um, it's a part time role and it's a brand new role, actually, um, in that department. So it's focusing on the commercial aspects of the museum. So catering, retail, uh, venue hire, weddings. Um, all of that the membership um and it's my job my my boss always describes it as my job to champion commercial um in our comms and um yeah I love it and at the Ashmolean I've lived in Oxford my whole life the Ashmolean has been somewhere that I have been on multiple school trips to um and many family trips to and I've loved it and I've tried before to apply for jobs there and within the university because it's a university museum and never got past the application stage so I didn't hold out a lot of hope I have to say but um, it just seemed like perfect timing and it was part-time which was good for me and yeah I just I still even going into work every day I'm like this is my job this is so weird but um, I want to just point something out because we've you know we've known each other for a long time we've known each other for seven years we've got a personal relationship as well but what I love is that you messaged me when the job came up you're like I really want to go for this but you had some reservations about going for it yeah so as with anything reading the job description I didn't hit everything on the job description or I didn't feel like I did um and I know you know me incredibly well and you've worked with me and I thought well joy is a better perspective than me of my own abilities um and you were so it's, it's advice that I've heard you give before but it was just go for it even if you don't know it you can learn it and you know I think you even said that men wouldn't look at a job description and think I can't do this and that and they would just go for it so why should you and so I did <laughs> yeah and that I think you know that advice I actually read originally in the book Lean In which was written by Cheryl Sandberg when she was the CFO at Facebook or COO at Facebook. Um, and she wrote the book. In fact, interestingly enough, she wrote the book before her husband died, her first husband. But um, she she really felt that women w would wait until they had 100% of the job requirements to go for the job. And she noticed that men weren't doing that. And, and then, I don't know if it was that book or it was a different book about Google, but they actually had to teach women how to ask for raises and they had to teach women how to present themselves in a way that, you know, they made the, they made the, the, they gave the evidence and the case for giving, for getting a raise. 
So I know at Google and at Facebook, I think they had to do that sort of training. But one of the things she really talks about is, you know, a man will look at a job and they'll go, well, I I know how to do 60% of the stuff. I'll figure the rest of it out and they'll go for it. And I think that was really powerful information to disseminate to the world because I think a lot of women started going, oh, actually. Uh, And then, of course, the great book, Everything is Figure Outable by Marie Forleo. You know, once you start to really think, wait, hang on, I'm someone that can figure things out. I can figure this out. Um, You know, and the thing is that I love about TechPixies is you learn, you know, like nine pieces of technology in like nine weeks, you know. So you learn so much that actually tackling a new piece of technology is sort of irrelevant. It's sort of why we call it TechPixies. It's not about social media. It's about being able to just tackle tech, really. Um, and you're great at that. Um, and also it takes a creative mind to tackle tech. And I think that is one of the things that I, I love and have seen with our community is, um, really as women go through that initial frustration of tackling tech and like, ah, this is hard and all that stuff that they actually come out the other side and they're like, it's super calm and they, and they're, they're, they can tackle anything. And, so it's like tackle tech, tackle anything, right? So I just really, um, I love that that you, I love that you held a vision for the type of job that you wanted to create. And I also love that you've been able to find work environments where people have been really supportive of you and your career and your trajectory. Um, now, you got to sit in on a super cool presentation by the guy who ran the Twitter feed for the Bodleian Library, is that right? Yeah, so that was a what's the manner. Um, it's, uh, but you brought, did you bring him in? I mentioned him, but I think they were already talking to him. All right, after, so tell, him, tell everybody him. about him because he's super cool. So his cool. name is Adam Kazari. He's actually a really good person to follow if you're in sort of the heritage space because he writes a really cool newsletter. He's, he's actually had quite a few jobs with really good companies. Um, and he sort of... he did something at the Bodleian which I'm not sure had been done before but he did this thing where he would take say an old manuscript and the sort of the figurehead and animate it and then sort of make funny gifs and tweets and so he was coming into Wadston to tell us about how he did that and to teach us how to make a gif um, with some of the collection that they had Um, and it was just really interesting because it had been an account that I had followed um, for a while and I'd been reading about what he'd done and so to meet him was just really and he was such a down-to-earth like relatable person and just really funny um and he actually went on I don't know if anybody who's listening um he went on to work to for the Museum of Agriculture or something the Merle M-E-R-L and he was the guy that did the big ram the absolute unit so he was the person that did that um which went viral (laughs) um, on social media so yeah he made a name for himself (laughs) Well, I've put in the chat and we'll put into the show notes um, the case study uh, that Adam did for the Bodleian Library, where you can see some of the examples of the work he did, which was absolutely superb. Um, And I'll find the link to the sheep as well, which went completely viral. Um, So, yeah. And then what's been really cool, because this is the thing, the heritage spaces and the museums, they've had to get super creative to keep people interested in what they're doing and uh, also to keep the buzz online because obviously it's history and you got to keep the buzz going. So tell, tell me about some of the cool stuff that the Ashmolean is doing with TikTok and how you got to be involved in that as well. Yeah. So, I mean, as anybody knows, video is not going away on social media. So we, all of us, I think in the department have had to sort of upskill in video editing and 
TikTok, which none of us were on before, I have to say. Um, and one of the really fun projects that somebody else in, in my department has worked on is working with uh, student animators at university and giving them uh, an item from, or they chose an item from the collection and they put their their own creative animation spin on telling the story of that particular object. And um, they had to pitch for it, they had to do the design work for it, and then we sort of all together collectively sat through um, and looked through all of the, the pictures and the bids, and we chose our favourites. Um, and they have just been beautiful. I mean, they really are just stunning works and so different as well, which is amazing because you it's a bit, I always find if um, I've got a friend who's getting married, how many versions of a white dress can you have? And it's always a bit of a surprise to me, but the, the different types of animation and different styles is so amazing. And it really has brought the collection to life. And some of them have really flown and people have really loved them. Well, I, and you've also created the reels for them as well. And you've got to do some really exciting things. I mean, I just love where you're at now. So if you were to go back to Louise Bailey seven years ago, working in finance at a charity, what would today's, you know, self, you know, the 2023 version of you who's had two dream jobs in the heritage and museum space, what would you say? What advice would you give her? What would you, what would you, would you tell her it all worked out? What would you say? I would probably say don't dismiss your dreams really. I think I had always had the dream to work in this space. I didn't know what job it would be but I knew that that's would have been my dream and I as I'm sure most people do I very quickly told myself that's not going to be your life um, and that's not for you and I think it's so important to tell people not to limit themselves like that because you know, anything is possible if you if you focus yourself on it and you you have a plan, even if you get diverted from the plan. I mean, my, you know, I've had ill health problems throughout my adult life. And so it's been a challenge and I've been knocked off the path a few times. But getting back up and getting back on that path as hard as it is sometimes is super important and you're worth it. Like you would tell a friend not to give up. So like tell yourself that because it's just such valuable advice. Well, and also one of the things I admire greatly about you is every time you've gotten back on the path, that just reinforces your ability to get back on the path, you know, exactly. and you, your strength and conviction and ability to follow your dreams and keep going and get back up and keep going and get back up and have a supportive group of people around you. You know, you attract a really wonderful group of supportive people around you as well. All of that is just exceptional and is one of the reasons why you're doing what you're doing. And I just Thank absolutely you. love it. Thank you. Yeah, I have to say, I've been very lucky. I've got a wonderful family and friends and the Tech Pixies community has been great. My my fellow cohort um, ladies have just been a constant support um, in all of my applications, actually looking over my job application and like cheerleading me. And you, of course, have been, I mean, I wouldn't even be doing this if I hadn't met you that day. So thank you. <laughs> wow. It's mutual love. Um, and I do think, you know, you're still involved, you know, seven years later, you're still in the Facebook group. You're still helping ladies out when someone has a question or wants to know something, you know, it's just super cool how you are still supporting women years and years later, even though you're, you know, finished, graduated onto your dream job, <laughs> making the world a better place. Um, but you're still helping. You're still taking time out for that. Well, Louise Bailey, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. thank you for doing this interview. I'm sure it will inspire quite a few people 
especially those creatives doing the wrong job who've given up on their dreams to be to really rethink that dream. And you know, what I know from our dream building program that we run is that if a dream comes to you, you have the capacity to create it, right? And that's the most important thing. You have the capacity. It's whether or not you choose, you know, life chose you and what are you going to do with that life? You know, is it worth your time, energy, effort, and money to follow your dream? And it probably is, but we got to overcome those limiting barriers and beliefs that are there. And very often we can't do that without support, which is why I think it's so great that you leaned into the major choice support, which then turned into the tech pixie support, which then, you know, opened some doors and helped move things forwards. But really you had to do the work. You had to show up. You were a great student. You did, you watched all the lessons, you did all the quizzes, you, you know, you showed up for the coaching calls and those are the kind of things that, you know, you do the work and the work works. Um, that's what I always say at Tech Pixies. So uh, you're a prime example of someone who did the work and the work worked because you did the work, but also you didn't give up on your dreams um, yeah. once they were reignited. So very proud of you. Very Thank grateful you. to have you here. And um, Eileen is watching live and she says, wonderful to see your dreams coming true. And Claire Louise says, this is such an inspirational story. Thank you for sharing, Louise. Oh, thank you. Um, so you guys have a bit of a namesake there. Um, yeah. All right. So I'll speak to you later. And thanks so much. No, thank you for having me. Thanks. Bye. All right. Bye. Wow. Wasn't that fantastic? I absolutely am so thrilled to be able to invite Louise onto the podcast. Uh, and I'd love to keep doing this series with people that have gone through our program you know, seven, eight years ago and see where they're at. Because one of the things that I can tell you is the mindset shift that happens while you're in the social media management program or the dream builder program uh, or the business beyond social program, any of our coaching programs, life coaching, social media coaching, business coaching, we fundamentally work on the the subconscious reprogramming. We're really working on changing the mindset and all the other skills we give you, they're just, they're addition, in addition to the mindset shifts. Because I know that if you make the mindset shift you need to make, that everything else will fall into place, right? So if you are interested in any of our programs, email support at techpixies.com. Um, join our social media superhero bootcamp, techpixies.com forward slash bootcamp. Join our vision workshop, techpixies.com forward slash vision workshop. We run them on a regular basis um, and they're there for you to start that journey of changing your mindset and moving forward uh, towards the life of your dreams. And uh, I want to say thank you for watching or listening wherever you are. And if this podcast resonated with you, please share it. Uh, please give us a recommendation on whatever podcast host you're listening on. And of course, I love personal notes. So if uh, this touched your life in a certain way and you want to send a note to us, we can pass it on to Louise. I'm more than happy to do that. We've started to receive notes regularly in our support inbox, and they're really touching um, to see how one person's story affects someone else's. Um, and so please do reach out to us if this story has touched your life. And we are nearly at 100,000 downloads of this podcast and nearly at our 200th episode. It gives me chills. I literally have chills right now. So, um, you know, if you love this podcast, uh, please do tell people about it. Um, help us get to the 10,000 or 100,000 um, download mark. Um, I'm going to talk about it in a few podcast episodes coming up, but I wanted to quit when we were at about 64,000 downloads and I was like, this is so hard. I think it's not going to work. And then I didn't look at the stats for a while and I logged in and it was 75,000 and I was like, oh, 
we're at 75,000. Okay, if we got to 75,000, we can get to 100,000. And so I didn't quit. Um, and I'm glad I didn't quit because this podcast is a lifeline for me. And it's a great way to connect with people who've gone through our program and had really amazing life transformations. And as you can see in Louise's case, it's not just a one year, a one month, a one week fix. It's a seven year shift, right? She's a different person now than she was seven years ago. Uh, same person just discovering uh, deeper levels of herself. Um, so there you go. Help us get to 100,000 downloads. Uh, thank you for listening. I'm so grateful and have a fantastic day.